Welcome to the Bless the City Church podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Jeremy Schwader. The title of this message this morning is Jesus First. Jesus First. And I, I'm really just struck in my heart with the importance that if we give to God, God will take care of us. Um, last week, we were over at uh, Solomita's house. Solomita, if you don't know her, she's a 22-year-old gal in our church that she's been going through a condition. And last week, it was super, this was a super fun story. So last Sunday, um, the council and I were all meeting, and we were thinking about Solomita and different things. We're like, you know, we need to, like, pray for breakthrough. And, and how many know God likes, God heals? Anybody? Wave at me. God heals. He really does. Like, he heals physically. He touches bodies. And so um, Charles made a comment. He's like, let's just fast. We need to fast. And so we said, you know, I said, well, I like, I usually fast on Mondays. And, uh, and they all said, well, yeah, we'll fast too on Mondays. And then Mike Luna's like, hey, by the way, Monday is Solomita's birthday. And little did we know, but we were fasting for Solomita on her birthday that God would heal her. So we go over there and we had a beautiful time praying for her and it was really awesome. And, and uh, you can buy at Fred Meyer these like helium balloons that look like animals. You ever seen this, that walk? And, and they had bought one for Solomita that was a duck. And it was so, so my little daughter, uh, Isabella, was walking the little duck around the house. Like she's having a blast just walking this duck around. And I turned to her and I say, Isabella, you need to give that back. We got to go. And right away her lip just curls down. She's like so sad. And then she walks over and just hands the cord over to somebody and like gives the balloon away. And I was like, dude, isn't that it? You have things that you really want, you really treasure in your life. And, and God's like, I want you, can you give that to me? And our lip goes curled. We're like, okay, you can have my duck. And uh, God's like, you, you have no idea. Now she has a little floating dog at the house, so it all worked out. But um, tithing, people talk about tithing, and I want to say this. Tithing is a principle that sets us up for God's blessing. The point isn't, this legalistic 10%, the point is a faith that says, God, I'm giving to you first. I trust you with my finances, my resources, all that I am. And how many of you know that your heart is connected to your wallet? Whatever I do with my money shows what my heart has affection for. I would also say this, whatever I spend money on, my affection will grow in. If you gave $100 tomorrow, to Tesla because you think the stock might go up, let me know that the next day you're going to be checking the stock prices because your heart's now connected to that. Even though you might not care about electric cars before, but now you really care because you really, you're invested now in that space. It's the same with any area of our life with our finances. Um, I have to say this one last thing because it's just fun. My sisters are here from California. So this is my sister, Melanie, my sister, Nicole. And... Uh, it's fun to do that. My dad always did this kind of thing when he was a preacher. And he always cringe when the pastor um, zeroes you out. Like, I could just say, like, Phil, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Uh, it's always great. I can just do that to everybody this morning. You'll, you'll never come back. Um, <laughs> but if you got a Bible, go to Exodus 13. I promise I am starting the sermon. Exodus 13, the principle of first. Cindy, so good to see you. Exodus 13, verses 1 and 2. I want to show you that the principle of giving to God first runs through the entire Bible. Exodus 13, 1 and 2 says this. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. 
Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both man and a beast, is mine. You shall set apart to the Lord all the first opens the womb. All the firstborn of the animals that are males shall be the Lord's. This is a principle that runs all throughout the Bible. God is saying in this whole thing, he's saying, look, everything that is born first belongs to me. In fact, the language in this is pretty emphatic. God's like, the first, the first, it's mine, it's mine. He continues to say this, Exodus 12 and 13, it says this. Get this, this is pretty intense. You shall set apart, every firstborn of a donkey you shall Oh, yeah, yeah. You shall set apart to the Lord all the first that opens the womb. All the firstborn of the animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb. I promise this will feel relevant in a a little bit, even though you don't own a donkey. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Isn't that tense? Every firstborn of man among your sons shall be redeemed. So here's the interesting thing. Break its neck. If you don't redeem it, you'll lose it. And the the first point I'm trying to make in all of this, there's a principle that God is trying to show this. The firstborn, the first, must be sacrificed or redeemed. God was saying this to this thing. There was two types of animals that were in this context. There was the clean and the unclean. The donkey wasn't clean. The lamb was clean. You're like, well, that's great. I'm not a farmer or a rancher. How does this matter to my life? Jesus was showing a really cool, God was showing a really cool principle in the Old Testament. Were you born clean or unclean? Spiritually, right with God or not right with God? Answer is unclean. Interesting. The donkey was unclean, and you had the choice with the donkey. You'd either break its neck, it would die, or it had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean animal. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? Clean. He's showing from the Old Testament a principle here. That everyone, everything that is born unclean had to be redeemed by what was clean. Now, if you're questioning whether you were born clean or unclean, you just have to ask your parents and find out were you an obedient child all the time, your entire life. Every parent in here knows that none of their kids were perfect. You don't have to teach a kid how to be bad, but you do have to teach them how to be good. There's a reality that all of us are born separated from God, not clean, not made in perfect space, and God has come in his cleanliness, in his perfection, and he was the sacrifice that paid for the unclean. That's you. That's me. Isn't that good? And I would even say this, thinking about going back to the tithe, the principle of giving God first. I would even say this. Jesus is God's tithe. Think about it. God gave Jesus first, before we loved him, before we cared about who he was. In fact, while we were still his enemies, Christ died for you and for me. He was the sacrificial lamb before the foundation of the earth, before we ever cared, before we ever wanted anything to do with him. God in faith said, I'm giving my son now first. 
It even says in Romans that God gave Jesus in hope. In hope. He sacrificed his son first to say, I in hope know that there will be a remnant that will come and say yes to me. I'm laying myself out down now so that when they jeered at him and they cursed him and they spit at him and they didn't care about him, Jesus was on the cross by faith saying, they know not what they do. And I am giving this all to the Father, and my Father will get a reward for this. Another interesting thing in this is that when the people of Israel, the whole principle of the tithe and all this, when they came into the land of Israel and they conquered the city of Jericho, God went to them and he said, look, I want you to give me all of the plunder of the very first city that you conquer, Jericho. And they gave it all to him, and then it said that the rest of the land was theirs. There's this principle all throughout Scripture that God says, look, give to me first, and then I will put blessing on your life to be able to follow me. It's all about God getting the first space. You know, it's interesting. Uh, when you think about your paycheck, what do you give to first? More, uh, Macy's, um, mortgage company, credit card, car payment, God first. Why? Because that, those folks don't have a, the power to bring blessing or anything on your life. But God has an ability. He says this, if you give to me first, I will bless you. The mortgage company doesn't really care or have the ability to bless your life. But God does, and he wants to. It says this, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with, the, with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your produce. And then what happens? Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. I want to make a point here in this to let you know this. This is from the book of Proverbs, not from the law. This is the book of wisdom saying this. Look, it is wise to give to God when? First. We give to him first. We give him the first fruits of all that we produce, all that we are. And God's promise to us from the book of Proverbs is, then, after, you'll be filled with plenty. I made this comment last week, but I find this. I find two testimonies when it comes to tithing and giving to God. One, I find people that tithe and say, man, I'm so blessed. God is so good to me. I'm so thankful for all the ways that he provide. The tither says that. And I find other people that say this, man, I don't know if I can afford to tithe. And I have found that, that the, the reality is that it's really difficult. It takes faith to start to give to God first. It always takes faith. To obey God always takes faith. To raise $25 million for a mission downtown takes faith. And the principle of the kingdom of God is this. If you want to follow him first, it's always a faith step. Do you trust what he's saying is true? Exodus twenty three nineteen says this. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of your God. I, I think it's really interesting, and I just want to say this. This is really not a me drumming up money campaign for Blessed City Church. Um, but I do believe that the tithe refers to the house of God. It's not my favorite nonprofit. It's not my favorite online TikTok preacher. It's not that ministry across town. No, it's to the body of Christ. Why? Because that's where Jesus' bride congregates. 
and he loves his bride. Now, I think it's really important that we give to all these other things. It's important we give to the Lighthouse Mission and all that stuff. But God wants us to first give to him. Now you say, well, that's Old Testament. What about New Testament? Well, it says Hebrews 7, 8, this. I thought it was really cool. Here, as in on earth, mortal men receives the tithe. That comes into the church. But there, where? Heaven. He, who? Jesus, receives them. Of whom it is witnesses that he lives. We bring to God our money. We release it into the church and we let it get spent how it's going to get spent. Jesus says that he receives it. Now, if you ever wondered, hey man, what if Jeremy goes and buys a Tesla? Or we're going to, you know, he's going to get a Tesla. We're going to, he's going to, you're going to see him and Raquel in the, on the beaches of Bora Bora having a great time. Um, You know, I've seen several times, and I made this comment last week, of pastors who have mismanaged either finances or people or been abusive in power. And I have found, I think, I can think of three instances where those pastors had a heart attack and passed away. God will judge leaders who do not handle the finances in his church well. You don't have to worry about that. But God does say this, bring your tithe into, the, into my house. He also says, give to the poor. You ever done this where you've been driving down the road and you see the guy with the sign and he has asked to give and how easy it is to just want to avoid eye contact and not look. But God really does want us to be people that would give generously to people. Genesis 4, 5, 3 through 5 says this. I think it's really interesting. This is a story of Cain and Abel. And both of them brought an offering to God. They both brought God something. But there's this principle about bringing something to God first. And it says this in Genesis 4. It says this. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. He was a farmer. And in verse 4, it says, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard. He noticed Abel's offering and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. Well, what's the deal? They both brought to God something. They both gave to, like, God, we're both bringing you something. Abel brought the first fruits and the best to God. Cain brought an offering. And God was like, I'm not, I can't accept that. I can't accept a second thing. Cain brought just an offering in the course of time. It was almost like he's like, well, you know, I got all this. Well, things have been okay. I'm going to give this to God. Abel brought the first In other words, Abel brought to God the beginnings of what he had. He brought to God an offering not knowing if he would have anything else, not knowing if he would be able to be provided for. See, God comes to us and he says, would you trust me that when you give to me first, that I'll take care of you after. It's like giving to God the lamb, the firstborn lamb, but not knowing that there's going to be another lamb after it. You don't know. You don't have a guarantee except for God's word that you're going to be taken care of. And this is God's heart towards us. Will you give to me first and trust me that I'll take care of you for everything else? The other part that's really interesting about this, about giving to God first, I want to tell you a couple things. There's a few things that God can't do. You're like, what? 
There's a few things God can't do. Number one, God can't change. God can't change because that would mean he could get better, but he's already perfect. He can't change. Second thing God can't do, God can't learn. Why? He already knows something, knows everything. He never goes, I never thought of that. Huh, what a surprise. He already knows. God can't change. God can't learn. Here's another thing God can't do. God can never be second. God couldn't accept Cain's offering because he's always first. Whether you and I make him first in our lives is irrelevant. One day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, he's God. Whether I like it or not, he holds the stars in the universe. He makes everything go around. He's first. I could deny that all I want, but God is first. So here is Cain giving an offering to God, Abel giving his first fruits to God, and God looks at Abel and says, I can receive that because this is who I am. And to Cain, he's like, I can't receive that because that's not who I am. I'm not second. I'm first. God's blessing is on those that acknowledge who he is, who prioritize him in who he is. He is first. The tithe must be first. Leviticus 27.30 says this, Every tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or the, fr- or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. What's holy mean? Separate, set apart for him. Now you're like, why does this matter to my life? Why? Because we, if we come into right relationship with God, yes, in our finances, in our time, in all they are, God's promise to us is this, that he would bless us, he would take care of us, And he's looking for people that would trust him in what he has given them. Set apart holy also means this. It means it's not mine. It's his. By the way, it's all his. All 100% of it is his anyway. You're just a steward. Now, question for you. Um, I, uh, let's say I hire Raphael. And I say, Raphael, would you paint my house? And Raphael graciously says, of course, Jeremy, I'd love to paint your house. And we're going for, my wife loves the color turquoise, so we're going to go for turquoise and like maybe a white, what do we want, like a white trim, love? Or do you want, like what kind of trim? We'll figure it out. Anyway, so we figure it out, and Raphael goes, and he figures out how much it's going to cost, how much paint he needs, um, what the labor is. He's going to hire a couple guys to do it. He does all of that stuff, and then he comes to me, and he gives me what? An estimate. And he's like, this is what it's going to cost. This is my labor, and then this is the profit that I'm going to get. Out of what do you tithe and give back to God? The profit. You don't give God based off of your expenses. You give God based off of the increase in your life. So Raphael goes, he paints my house. It's beautiful. Thank you, Raphael. It was the best painting of a house I've ever had in my life. It was amazing. And I, he made, um, he had a profit of $1,000. So I go and I take 100 or 10 $100 bills and I put them all in his hand. Question, which one goes to God? The first one. Now, what does that mean? It means the first one to leave my hand. The first one. Think about this. We're going to pay bills in the month, and you got your car payment, your mortgage payment, you got your credit card bill, you got your Starbucks that you really, really, really need. Um, or sorry, Woods Coffee. We're Woods Coffee. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. Or your orange juice. And I think often what we do when it comes to giving to God is this. Okay, this for the mortgage company, this to the car payment, this to here, this to here, this to here. I got 27.33 left. Uh, okay, that goes to God. But God is saying, no, 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 no. Trust me in this. Put me first. The first thing to leave my hand, the, the first of the month to say, God, here you go. Bam. And then we go and we do our expenses. And then we give to God. Because God is made to be first. Now, for me, this is how I do my tithe. I go online and I do an auto bill pay. And I just, the first of the month, it just kind of goes out. 10% of my income just goes straight to God. Um, and then we give, like, you know, we give to different missionaries and different stuff. Um, my wife and I have done this forever, I think. Just, this is how we live. And um, now, question. You probably, maybe you get paid twice a month, like the 15th and the 30th. And let's say one morning you're spending time with Jesus. It's the 15th. Your, your bank thing just came in, and you were, had a late night the night before, so you got up a little later, didn't have your time to have time with Jesus, so you didn't do your bill pay thing in the morning. And you go, and you're driving to work, and on the way back, you realize that your tank of gas is almost empty, and you have a choice. You're like, oh, no, I haven't given my tithe. I'm not giving to God first, but you gas up. You're like, that's it. I'm just under a curse. It's over. You guys, the principle of this is this. God just wants our heart. And so he is looking for people that would put him first. So if you put gas in your gas tank before you give to God, it's, I don't think you're under a curse. But there is the point of saying, God, I'm going first to give it to you. And if we could put on the screen Exodus 13, 14, and 15, Svetlana, that'd be really great. Exodus 13, 14, and 15 says this. This is a really cool principle when it comes to giving to God first. And when in time you come and your son asks you, hey, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, I think that's the wrong verse. We need a different 13. I'll read, the, I'll read it. Oh, no, that's right. By a strong hand, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males of the firstborn opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my souls, of my sons, I redeemed. Here's what this passage is saying, if that doesn't make sense. There's going to be a time that comes as you're giving your tithe to God and you'll be sitting there with your checkbook. And your son or your daughter is going to look at you and say, Hey, Dad, what's with this like big amount of money that you give out every month? This doesn't make any sense. And you're going to be able to explain it to him. And I, I'm really excited for the day. Uh, my little son, Samuel, is in the back there. Someday I'm going to be sitting down at my computer, typing in all my auto bill pays and all this stuff. And my son's going to run over and jump on my lap and say, Hey, Dad. That's a, lot of, that's, that's a lot of money. Why do, you, why do we keep giving money to the church? What's the deal? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to say this to my son. Hey, son, your dad's not perfect. And God has been faithful to your dad his entire life. He knows what it's like to have less or not make it. He knows what it's like to... God, have God whisper in his ear, walk this way, but he doesn't do the right thing. He, 
I know what it's like to, to be depressed and frustrated and God save me out of it. I know what it's like to be in bondage to sin and God come with his forgiving voice and his heart to me and saying, my son, I'm for you. I forgive you. I cleanse you. I know what that's like. And son, everything that we have, your amazing mom, your sister, all the, the money we had, the, the warm house, the dry roof, the, the car, everything we have, it's all because Jesus gave it to us. Like that verse said, but with a mighty hand, with a strong arm, he led us out of slavery. So I get to turn to my son and my daughter and say this, we give because we're so grateful for what God has done. How can I do anything except give to him first? But God. You know, my, my dad didn't know God growing up. He had the, some of the religious stuff and he was sick and he went to a church revival meeting in Germany the crazy Pentecostals showed up and he walked in the back and they said, God heals. And so he went up to the front and said, hey, um, can you guys pray for me? I'd love to be healed. And they said, well, would you like to give your life to Jesus? And he said, no, I want to be healed. And they said, well, you should give your life to Jesus. And so he ends up going home that night and all in the night, you know, God's working on his heart. And then he goes to the next day and he says, yeah, I want to give my life to Jesus and accepts Jesus into his life. I'm here because my dad, God sent a, a tent in the middle of Germany to see that my dad would come to know him. I'm here because my, my, my ancestors, God saved them out of, out of war and different things. God did a work in their life. Like, I can say that I'm grateful and I can say that it's, God's been so good to me. And so to Isabel and to Samuel, I'm going to say, I give because I'm grateful. just wanted to say this today. Maybe you're in a place today and you're like, I am not putting God first. He's getting the leftovers. I challenge you to flip it. Give it to him first. Doesn't mean we're not going to fall and fail, but it does mean that we're simply going to come with a heart posture first saying, God, here's my finances. Here's my time. I would even challenge you this. When you roll out of bed tomorrow morning and you're kind of groggy and tired, to stop and say, before I do anything today, Jesus, I'm going to put you first. God, I, I acknowledge that you're God. I turn my attention to you. Would you be the first in my life? Hey, can we all stand on up this morning? Just put your hands out in front of you. And I, I want to, if you want to close your eyes real quick, I just want to um, ask this question. If Jesus is not first in your life, but you want him to be today, would you raise a hand? Yeah, that's a bunch of hands. I'm going to wait. I'm going to ask it one more time. If Jesus is not first in your life, but you want him to be, raise your hand. Okay. That means your finances. That means your time. That means your priorities. Can we just all say this together? Jesus. A little louder for everybody. Jesus, today I make you first. I repent of making other things 
and other people first. You're first. Here is my time. Here is my finances. Here are my habits. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. One more time. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. And if you mean it, can we just lift our hands to heaven? Jesus, let's say it again. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. God, we just come to you this morning and we simply say, we put you first in our time, in our finances, in our life. Jesus, we love you. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bless the City Church podcast. For more content, you can find us on Facebook or at blessthecitychurch.com.